0: Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today is taken from this section of this Sermon on the Mount and these simple words that we just sang in that hymn. I hope it sticks in all of our brains when we say, Jesus said, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Here ends our text. Sometimes I think that as Lutherans, we don't quite know what to do with the Sermon on the Mount because the Sermon on the Mount is a lot of do this and don't do that, and it isn't much about faith. In fact, the word faith is not is used but one time in the entire Sermon on the Mount. We oftentimes are accused as Lutherans that we do not emphasize doing good works and good deeds, that because of our emphasis upon the need to understand what faith is, that faith is trusting in what Christ has done for us that trust, trusting in God's forgiveness in Christ in trusting in the gift that was given to us through Christ like in the waters of baptism today that therefore once we kind of have all of that that we don't need to really turn around and focus upon what it is that we might be doing now as Christians but the fact of the matter is I think just the opposite that out of gratitude and out of a desire to be able to have that gift of God, we are also thereby motivated all the more to want to do things that would be pleasing in God's sight. When Jesus comes down from the mountain, though, despite the fact that there's been only but one word about faith, immediately we are confronted with three situations that were all about faith. The first was a leper, a man with this disease of leprosy, who as Jesus walks by cries out to him, Lord, if you will, heal me. And Jesus says, I will. And with his word, the man is healed, but a word that is spoken and received by faith. We're also told that Jesus was with his disciples. He had come down from the mountain, got onto a boat. They were out in the middle of that Sea of Galilee, and suddenly there became this tempest, this storm that had whipped up, and the people in the boat, these disciples, were convinced that they were going to be sinking. Where was Jesus? Jesus was sleeping in the boat, and he gets up, and he rebukes the winds and the waves, And then he says to his disciples, O ye of little faith, didn't they trust in God's providential care? Cannot he who speaks to winds and waves and calms them with a word also take care of those fearful disciples? And then, of course, there's that third thing, a centurion who comes to him and he tells him that he has a servant That is ill. He was paralyzed and in great pain, probably suffered a stroke. And he begs Jesus to come, or begs Jesus to heal him. And Jesus said, I'll come with you. And the man says, no, he said, I'm a man of authority myself. I say to one, come, and he comes to another, go, and he goes. Just speak the word, and my servant will be healed. And then Jesus said, not even in all of Israel have I found a faith like this. A faith that believes that when God's word is spoken, whether Jesus is even present or not, that it will accomplish what it is that God's word says, as happened today in this baptism of little Luke. There's only one, I guess, explanation for how it is that Jesus could be telling us all these things that he wants us to do in the Sermon on the Mount and this idea that faith and faith alone saves. The only way that we can understand it is that what Jesus is urging us to do in the Sermon on the Mount is only possible with faith itself. For instance, if you put some ice skates on your kids and you said, now go out on that ice and go the very command presupposes the idea that they would trust you in what it is that you are saying. Or if you go to the doctor and the doctor says we're going to have to prescribe some chemotherapy treatments for you, you'd have to trust that that analysis or that diagnosis that was made that you maybe had cancer, you have to trust that the doctor has your best interests at heart. So in other words, in the command it is presupposed that there would be faith that would go before it. What is Jesus asking us, therefore, in this text to do? He is telling us, he says, to take our hearts and to put them in a place where they cannot be harmed, where they cannot be stolen, where they cannot be destroyed. Of course, what he means by this is that whatever it is that we love in our life, whatever to us is the most precious and the most dear, that is where it is that our heart is always to be found. And when we put our heart next to things that can be destroyed, things that can be robbed from us, things that can be stolen, therefore we will lose also what it is that our heart has desired. No, Jesus tells us that we should take our heart and put it into a very safe place. That safe place is not in a steel vault. That safe place is not in some earthly bank or institution. That safe place is not some place that we bury it. Rather, that safe place, he says, in heaven itself. There, in heaven. That gift that God has given to us cannot be taken from us. I thought to myself when I was thinking about the things that I loved, how easy it is for us to just devote our hearts and our minds to those things. Yeah, I thought about my, my guy, my pickup truck, and someday that pickup truck is going to be out there in a junkyard, and it's no longer going to be mine. I thought a little bit about my money, my investments that I've saved up now for my retirement. And we all know that the old stock market could just go like that and poof, it's all gone. I know that the very things that I love, for instance, my home or my house, wasn't long ago that I had a little cabin that it took me a long time to build, three years, my own hands. And it went up like that in a forest fire in one Sunday afternoon. Whatever it is that we love in this world, it can be and will be taken from us inevitably. There is only one place where a treasure cannot be taken from us, and that is a treasure that is in heaven itself. That is to say... Whatever it is that God himself has given to us, because of who God is and where that treasure is now located, it cannot be taken from us. For that leper, when Jesus spoke the word and he was healed, his treasure was in Christ himself. For that centurion who put his faith in the power of the word of God, his treasure was in Christ and in his word. For those disciples that were out there on that, in that boat, their treasure was in the one who was with them in that boat who could get up and speak a word and all of creation would obey. Heaven is described as the kingdom of God. The word king combined with dominion where the king rules. Today, Luke entered into the kingdom of God. He was put into God's kingdom, where God now promises that he will rule and give to little Luke all these incredible treasures in heaven. And he calls upon Luke, and he calls upon each of us to treasure, to put our heart in what those gifts were. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the forgiveness of sins, the gift of everlasting life. And to put our hearts there because Jesus reminds us that these are the things which cannot be taken from us. Nothing on all of this earth can rob it. There's no rust that can get to it, there's no moth that can eat it up. It is something that is ours and it is in the vault of heaven itself. So he tells us that if we have this, we shouldn't worry. You know, worrying has two sides to it. Of course, there is that side that simply says, look, by faith we're going to believe that God is taking care of us like those disciples in that boat who are afraid and they see that Jesus commands winds and waves. He speaks the word. He takes care of them. They can put away their fear and stop worrying. Jesus reminds us. He says, if you want to look to nature, look at those lilies of the field over there. Look at how beautiful they are. Not even Solomon the king in all of his glory was arrayed like this one. If that's how it is that God clothes the the grass of the field, and one minute it's thrown into the fire, how much more so will he not take care of you? And what about those birds? What about those sparrows? Not one of them falls from heaven apart from the will of your Father. If that's how he takes care of birds, won't he also take care of you? Oh, you of little faith. But the other side of worrying is that now, because we don't have to worry about what we shall eat and what we shall drink and what we shall wear, God frees us up to actually seek, he says, his righteousness. That is that we actually now can, without fear, do things that are pleasing to God that go vastly beyond what normal human beings can do. What are those things? He says, now it is possible for us to not hate. Now it is possible for us to fight against and not lust. Now it is possible for us to actually be people of our word, to not be liars, to not be hypocrites. Now it is possible for us to even love our enemies. Now it is possible for us To be good stewards of our riches, we don't have to be afraid that we're going to be poor someday, that we can actually use the gifts that God has given to us to help advance his kingdom. And now it is possible for us, knowing that our prayers are going to be heard by God because of this wonderful gift that he has given to us, we don't have to stand out in the street corners and parade our piety and try to make everybody tell us how wonderful we are. We can go into our closets, we can go into our privacy of our homes and we can make our requests made known to God and he will answer our prayers. It is now possible for us to be able to do good deeds because we don't need to worry. He will take care of us. So in conclusion, we are going to be people of faith. We are as Lutherans going to take pride in that wonderful gift that has been given to us. That we are saved by God's grace, not through anything that we have done ourselves, that this is a gift from God. And like A leper who hears a word like a centurion who asks that Jesus but speak the word like disciples who are in a boat afraid of the world and they find that he is in control of all things. We now believe with all our hearts that we shall stand before God free from condemnation upon the day of our death and knowing that that Holy Spirit will sustain us and keep us in that faith. And we also now also believe that God has called us to a life that we can live imperfect though we be. We can live vastly beyond even the external requirements of a law and we can do good deeds to the glory of God our Father. Remember those words that are so profound. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Amen. May this peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard and keep your thoughts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.